Well, welcome to episode 18 of Premature Bingo. We've got uh, three of us here today. Mr. T. Hell yeah, Mr. Joey T. Come on. Mr. T's with us. Good to be back, boys. Good to have you. So let's uh, open up here Weekly Wine. We'll just go, Joe, you want to go first, then Mike, then I'll go? Sure. I really don't think I have anything. I'll, for Weekly Wine, I don't have anything. I had a pretty good week, honestly. Went out Friday. Uh, oh, I mean, being being hungover sucks, but I touched on that earlier. I want to really get back into that. Um, other than that, no, I had a pretty good week. I'll let it go back go over to Mike. Yeah, I mean, it's been a pretty shitty week, if I'm being honest. I'm just getting bent over in March Madness. See, this is what I was waiting for. Same. Right. I mean, that's my weekly wine, because how can it not be my weekly wine with how bad I've been performing? Um, yeah, it's just, I don't know, just talking to you guys in the group chat, I feel like for every one bet I hit, I'm losing four. And no, no joke, I think I'm like 2-18. and 18. Right. And every, every, like, all the plays, it's, all right, how do I describe this? I'm never confident. Well, it's gotten in my head because then I'll have a play <laughs> like Arkansas plus three. I was so back and forth going back and forth on Arkansas plus three or not just because I'm like, well, everyone's saying Arkansas plus three and a half. I think it's the right play. Like every single sign is pointing to this. Dude, the the only the uh like I said, I'm like two and 18. I could have been three and 17. I was on. um tennessee to beat duke and then right. everyone in the group chat talked me out of it so i bet <laughs> all my parlays i had duke so as soon as duke lost that was the first i just wiped out like right forty dollars in parlays I'm like fuck <laughs> dude that was me and mizzou I-, I had mizzou and yeah it just fucked me well gentlemen there is a there's a tool for mitigating these disasters in fact it's so difficult to be this bad that the self-fade is an incredibly powerful tool when you start like one in ten Instead of going two and nineteen, you could say I suck so bad. I'm so fucking stupid. I'm just gonna do the opposite of what I think. Nah, see, for me, it's law of averages. It's like eventually right. this will even out. <laughs> Regression to the mean. Yeah, that's what the casino wants you to think. Nah, but that's how they make money. Yes, but but when you're when you're going that bad, like at, at what point? How many bets do you have to lose before you're like, fuck? I gotta try something else, man. Maybe it's not a self fade, but like the 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 system's broken. I gotta try something. It's not the amount; it's the amount of money I lose. Oh, <laughs> and the it, answer it, is the house. It, that's <laughs> that's the point where I'm like, uh. well, we're trying to right the ship. We're not. We're not. See, you're on the Titanic right now. You're going down. You're you're Leo on the fucking on the the not even life raft, a little piece of wood. And Rose MGM is about to just kick you off into the cold water and let you f- <laughs> fucking float. Nah, dude, MGM's on another boat. <laughs> MGM got bad. on the lifeboat, yeah. <laughs> bro. I think. Too with March Madness is every single sports book offers a parlay boost and like a like an underdog boost or whatever. I'm like, oh, like I can't not bet. Like I have to, right. I have to take advantage of this parlay boost, even though, of course, it's a parlay. Of course, it's gonna lose. Yeah, you sent me one yesterday. It was like Miami, Michigan State, and something else. I the Baylor one. That one hit, and I didn't take it. Yeah. Oh, I'm so sorry for your loss. <laughs> I but, took it. But okay, like those are the ones. Like we we talk about it all the time during football, where it's like. Austin Eckler plus 150 to score this week. It's a lock, boys. And then he gets like seven carries and, and four receptions for 54 total yards, and the Chargers lose by like 15. Like, that's every week. So when I when I see the book telling you, hey, look at this. I got three locks today. We're going to parlay them and give you an extra plus 100 on top of it. Yeah, well, I mean, for the, for the DraftKings ones, those ones are always scams. But, like, every now and then, 
one will hit. And so every now and then if you see a good one, it's like, oh, maybe I'll put a little bit on this. Yeah, absolutely. They're sprinklers. But those are also too like the, like the book is putting those specific teams or players or whatever in there for a reason. Of course. They they see they have EV in their favor compared to whatever the spread or the, the line is. And then give you that tasty little morsel. Like, how, how, how could they lose today? Well, Michigan State, USC, and then the Miami game, those are both coin flip games. Right, exactly. So, Baylor was a bigger favorite, So, but they're just saying, oh, two coin flip games? Like, yeah, one of them will lose. Right, right. and they uh, obviously, like I said, they, they had uh, they had odds in their favor probably with uh, USC. Uh, like, I'll, I'll bet you there was extra money on Michigan State. Like, they were a little bit lopsided. Um, the Miami game, I don't know, man. I, I Like I said, I took a day off, so. I, I've got a dumb idea. What? <laughs> What if the sports books, you know how like they, they always do this on TV shows and movies where you go to like a restaurant and you order the dinner and you're like, oh, shit, I don't have any money or whatever. And they make you like wash dishes. <laughs> what, what, <laughs> what if the sports book like you could go in like a negative balance, so, like they give you like an extra, you know, 300 bucks or whatever and you lose it. And then they make you like do chores or like <laughs> do like got to clean the bathrooms in DK headquarters. <laughs> like, yeah, you have to do these mundane tasks to, <laughs> to get out of your debt. You're, you're working the cage. You're in there just taking chips and, and fucking me. printing tickets. You get, you're just on the live dealer. You see me in a, in a tuxedo. <laughs> Is that fucking Joey? <laughs> Sad pizza alert. And a seven. All right, 21. Dealer wins. Congrats, Thanks for everybody. the tip, guys. <laughs> I've got another, Thanks for the tips, boys. I've got another 10 hours before my debts have been paid. <laughs> Please tip. Anything for a tip. You just like... <laughs> never mind. Never mind. Go ahead. Uh... I like that idea, though. I mean, fuck it. Why not? It's uh, it's the old adage. Uh, Jay Z song is like, gotta get in the back, roll up the di- or roll up the sleeves, wash the dishes, or well, I fucked that up big time. But yeah, yeah for sure. <laughs> There's a DK bar by us. DraftKings opened up a bar. What if DraftKings like assigns you to the local? <laughs> <laughs> like this is your region. You know how you have precincts for voting. <laughs> if you get in debt with DraftKings, well, he's in this precinct, so we got to send him to wash dishes at the one on Big Beaver. <laughs> in the back, cooking up chicken tenders. <laughs> right? Is that Joey? Is Joey our hostess? What are you doing here? Uh, I had a plus seven hundred parlay that missed. <laughs> what are you doing here? Fucking Missouri minus two. <laughs> <laughs> just be all your name tag <laughs> what got you here it would just be all degenerates like working yeah. there <laughs> that'd be funny on your name tag it says mike and it's like how i got here missouri minus two no it's not they they just like they they post a big like printed out version of the ticket that that broke you oh yep <laughs> michigan state plus two well no, i mean they won but like i don't know uh i i had purdue money line <laughs> for ten thousand dollars just fucking printed right on the back of your shirt Purdue is the last <laughs> leg in a parlay. Yeah, Purdue Purdue fucked me over pretty big this weekend. I'm in this survivor pool. I thought I would be the smartest guy in the room, just take all the one seeds, got big fucked. So, you know, great weekend, boys. I've really been looking forward to getting my ass kicked left, right, and center. Yeah, and yeah. you lost to a coach whose name is Tubin. <laughs> His name is Tubin. Also, Purdue's are the biggest fucking frauds of all time. A 13 seed, a 15 seed, and a 16 seed in the last three years to get knocked out. Suck a dick. Like yeah, they suck. The Big Ten sucks, but Purdue especially can can just lick from behind. Anyways. Yeah, so March Madness sucks. <laughs> Joey, what's your weekly wine? <laughs> yeah, so I, I, it's not as much a weekly wine, but it's a, a Sunday Scaries. Oh, boy. A, a life Sunday Scaries. And uh you should probably hear this because the acoustics in the house aren't the best. But my wife has 
you know, planted the idea that next year we will have to start preparing to have kids. And, uh, whoo. Oh, hell like, yeah. I know it needs to be done just because, you know, we're yeah, at, like at that age where it, like it's, it's, right. I've accepted the fact that it's going to happen. Right. But in the meantime, it's just like it's like a, a, a clock that's just counting down like freedom. You know, it's like freedom. And it's freedom. just <laughs> counting down the days. It's like 60 minutes. You know how on Sunday when you were a kid after football, you would hear 60 minutes. And as soon as you heard that, you time to channel. My weekend is over. Like it's all done. So that's all. Yeah. Every time like uh, now it's like every time someone asks me to do something, it's like, well, I'm thinking about that timer. Like I don't have that much time left. <laughs> right. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll go to Thailand. What? What? <laughs> <laughs> Meet up with Cliff Kingsbury. Aside from the sex, which is pretty cool, like what goes into the preparation for having a kid? Um. Well, having Viagra. Haven't <laughs> 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 gotten that far, but uh, I think you'd have to go meet with the doctor, make sure like fertility's good, and uh, like I said, that's I, we haven't gotten that far yet. Is the the pool's not going anywhere? No. No. Okay. Yeah. Because like I know a lot of people like they try to move into some people. Well, not a lot of people, but like some people move into houses where they don't have pools so that like the kid doesn't trip and fall into the pool. Obviously, you know. Um, oh <laughs> no. Yeah. Okay. Okay. We're in good shape. Joey's <laughs> kid's gonna be an athlete. He's just gonna. Just, he's not. Yeah. Gonna no. But I. Uh, my kids will just get swimming lessons like at the youngest age possible. <laughs> Oh, I like it. Joe's uh, gonna come over and like expe- inspect the playscape that you put in the backyard. And <laughs> like, like, oh, it's got a nice little angle on the slide here. I don't like the choice for wood, but <laughs> right. you know, we could have done better on the lower structure here. And the, the cover we have on now for the winter, like, y- if a kid fell in it, they would. Yeah. It goes down, but you wouldn't go in the water. Right. Right. If that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Because no. of the support on the on the side. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I, I, that's a, like a problem like deal with it when it comes but yeah but it's also like a it's like a fuck i'm 27 and there's still so many places i want to like i want to like travel or whatever and it's like oh if i have like kids that like just from a financial standpoint and like a time like the time to the, there's very limited time and opportunity to, to do that once yeah. you have a kid yeah opportunities are dwindling um and it's especially and this is a darker thought but it's like you never know when your last day is or whatever and it's absolutely. like what if for whatever reason or whatever, it's like I, in 10, 20, 15 years, I, I died or whatever. And it's like I didn't get to go to these <laughs> places I wanted to go to. Yeah, man. Uh, I didn't get to gamble on a riverboat in Biloxi, <laughs> Biloxi or whatever. Biloxi. Yeah. Biloxi, Mississippi. Yeah, I think. Uh, oh, that's the other thing. The gambling is going to take a hit. <laughs> so- yeah, I you. I, I think Mike and I said this before, but you, you can't be uh, gambling to the same extent when the, it's like. Fuck, like, <laughs> gotta pay for groceries this week. Yeah. <laughs> you can't be doing 10 leg parlays while you're rocking your baby to sleep and you're watching and you're watching UC Santa Cruz at midnight to see if your parlay hits or, <laughs> you know, or to see if, you know, you'll be able to make the mortgage this month. Yeah, yeah. that's, that, wow, football and fire is gonna look a lot different when we got uh, little Joseph running around. <laughs> yeah, man. So that is just big time Sunday yeah. scaries. Ooh. That's like, you think of how fucking crazy it is when people are like 18, 19 years old to get married and then they're like, all right, we're having kids right now. Dude, I, I could not imagine. I cannot imagine like myself like five, six, seven years ago having a kid. I can't imagine it now, let alone like. Right. Yeah, I, I think the world has changed a lot in the last hundred years where like, you know, early 1900s, it might be uh, typical to have a family at such a young age. But 
Nowadays, fuck, man. I mean, not, just put put me aside for a second. Obviously, it's just not anywhere in my future right now. But uh, just to, like being on your feet at that age enough to have a child and be responsible for that child is a wild fucking concept. Well, also back in the 1900s, you just be like <laughs> someone you just met. Like, hey, want want to get married? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. You don't smell that bad. You want to get married? <laughs> oh, my other on a on a lighter note, my other weekly wine. I was at the gym today, and I was on the stairmaster, and there's like six stairmasters in a row, or whatever. And of course, this guy comes up to the one next to me, and he's just got like this mad bo. I'm like, dude, why couldn't you just go to the one like two two down? Right. Why do you got to be right next to me? Like it. I mean, come on. It's like uh, it's like urinal math almost when you're doing like the which treadmill should I get on. Uh, like you don't you don't necessarily if your options are available you want to do as limited like you want to get as far away from people as humanly possible on the treadmills some people well yes no but i'm saying like this should be the rule like and for all the women out there you won't understand what i mean by urinal math but uh you should if possible one in between yes one in between everywhere and if not one side or the other you never if if at all possible, you avoid the situation where you're stuck between two people, and then if if further possible, you try to get one in between on each side. Um, obviously, gyms are busy, uh, you know, middle of the day or mornings especially. Like, yeah, I get it. Um, but fuck, man! Like, what, you said there was open space. Yeah, so he he was there with like his girlfriend or what wife, whatever, and they went like next to each other but they still could have slid down like another one or two and neither of them would have had anyone on either side instead he chose to go next to me and then his wife was on the other side of him yeah yeah that's that's exactly what i'm talking about yeah so it's almost like a common courtesy thing like dude i i don't want to be by any like nobody should have to be next to anyone else (laughs) am i uh, am i off base though about the urinal math is that something you guys do too where you're like all right there's seven stalls and there's two people uh like, what's the least suspicious way to enter this this atmosphere? Yeah, if it's like, I mean, yeah, I do that. If it's like me and like my couple friends, like I don't That's care as much. Thing. But if it's like random people, it's like, yeah, of course. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Uh, it it blew me away. My, I was talking to my uh, parents the other day, and my, my dad hit his knee on something at the casino. At the casino, and so he bumped his knee. He got a bruise, and uh, my mom was like, "Well, we don't know if he's got a bruise or not because he hasn't checked. He went to the urinal, but he didn't check when he was in the urinal." And I was like, wait, what? She's like, yeah, obviously, like, he could have seen there, but he didn't check there, so now we'll never know. And I'm like, Mom, what do you you think happens in the urinal? And I genuinely think she thought that we pull our pants down to our fucking ankles, (laughs) like, ass fully out for everybody to see, and just rock that way. (laughs) And I I, I really, like, questioned a lot. the, The rabbit hole just unraveled from there where I was like, Obviously, you've never been in one, but do you think we, like, slap asses on our way down the line? Like, <laughs> I couldn't believe it, dude. Shocking. I do have a friend, though, that gets fully naked to go to the bathroom every time. Not in the urinals, obviously, but it's a wild choice. Friend our age? Uh, No, nobody you guys are actually. Is this a five-year-old you're talking no, about? No, 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 no. I, I don't even know. Like, I haven't talked to him in years, so friend is maybe a stretch. But I knew a guy in high school. Uh. He, he came in late to class one time, and he was, like, still, like, all unraveled, basically, like, pulling down his shirt. His pants were all unbuttoned and shit. And the teacher, like, unraveled it to the point where he was like, well, I had to put my clothes back on before I came in. 
And the whole class was in shock. He hung up all of his clothes on the door in front of him before he went to go take a shit. And then had to put them all back on before he went to class. And that's why he was late getting to class because he had to put all of his clothes back like on. Like shoes, too? Yeah, shoes. Never, well, dude, we had these big, thick Doc Martens. I went to private school. And uh, yeah, so his shoes, obviously, you couldn't get the pants around those. Wild. If that motherfucker went to public school. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> no, and he was a pretty popular guy, too. Like, he was on the basketball team and. Like, he wasn't a pain in the ass or anything. Like, and everyone knew this and, like, didn't give him shit about it? Like, well, like, I... What I the f- why did... He had shitty <laughs> friends. I'd be like, dude, what the fuck is wrong with you? Stop doing this. It's the uh, Costanza. There's an episode of Seinfeld where whenever George went to the bathroom, he would take his shirt off. And, like, uh, he did it at, like, Jerry's or whatever. And he's like, what are you doing or whatever? And then he's like, oh, like, it's this is normal or whatever. And then he ended up later in the episode, he did it at a party. And he walked out with, like, his shirt off. And uh, and everyone like started looking at him, and then he like whatever the girl he was with, like just like get out of here, and he like had to run out. <laughs> just wild choice, man. Like I, nah, that was wild. Anyways, all right. Yeah, um, I've got one other random thing that I got, and then uh, I'll, we can we can go from there. So I had a dream last night where we. I don't know what, where we were or whatever, but, like, essentially we had, like, these swords that had, like, these powers or whatever that like you could, like, teleport or whatever. Whatever. And we were, like, fighting off people or whatever. And then at some point the group I was with, uh, w- like, somehow they got away from me. And I was by myself, and some guy came in and was trying to kill me, and, like, he was, he had, he was stronger than I was, so I had to run away. I run through, like, this, like, forest or whatever, and I get to a bathroom – and then I go to the bathroom in the dream, and then I wake up and I have to pee. So I was, my question oh, no. is, oh, no. no, 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 I didn't, I didn't okay. pee the bed. But my question is, like, does your brain just do that where it's like, oh, we're gonna take this dream and just set up some scenario where you have to go to the bathroom in the dream or whatever so you can wake up? <laughs> yeah, your brain like has to construct the story. Like, all right, how do we fit this in? Or as soon as you get the feeling, oh. He's got to go pee. Okay, let's make let's implement it in the story. Instead of just waking him up and having him go pee, let's creatively tell him, "Hey, you got to piss." This sounds like a like a parody of uh of Inception, where like the brain plants a seed of going to the bathroom <laughs> by manufacturing this story to get you to that point where like, "Yes, I do." And then that's it. Like I I could totally see this being like a YouTube spoof video. God bless you. Yeah, I woke up and I was like, how how stupid was that? Like, why wouldn't I just wake up and go to the bathroom? Right. Yeah, that's wild. I I love the dreams where, like, I get halfway through it. I'm, like, in some fucked up wild scenario. And then, like, I become so conscious of the dream that I can kind of, like, organize myself to doing certain things. That's the best part about dreaming. <laughs> Show me your tits. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. You ever go uh, back to the same place in a dream? No, like, absolutely not. It's never happened. Not if it has, not in a long time. Yeah, it not regularly, but it does happen where like I'll wake up from a dream and be like, oh, like I think I've had that dream before, or I've been there before. I had one last night where it's like, I would. It was weird because in the dream I was contemplating in my head, is this a real place that I've been to before, or is this just a dream that I've had? And so I was like sorting out in the dream, like in my head. Have I been here before? Like, is this a real place that I've been to? Or is it just a dream that I've had before? And I'm like, no, it's a real place. Because I remember, you know, eating over there with my girlfriend on the lake. I'm like, wait a minute. No, you don't know any place that looks like this. And it was kind of funky because I was going back and forth. It really was like one side was trying to convince me of something. And then another side was trying to convince me of something. 
I think I have like the opposite of that happen to me sometimes where I like I'll be like in real life doing something just in some random spot, usually not a place I'm super familiar with. And I'll have a moment of deja vu where I'm like, have have I done this before? Or have I like have I seen this before? Or is this like part of a dream I've been in? Like what the fuck's going on right now? Uh, but never like in the dream realizing I'm in the same dream again. crazy <laughs> yeah no you're right uh i'm really fascinated with dreams that's one thing that i'm really like into because i don't know i remember my dreams frequently and you there's do? like a, yeah all the time dude i can go back and tell you like the past three days do you like write that shit down sometimes okay yeah, yeah. sometimes but i'll have you know, there'll be days where, you know, I, I wake up and I don't remember. But there'll be a lot of times where I wake up and I'll, I'll remember significant parts. Like one of the dream I had two days ago, I was at the Henry Ford Museum. And it was weird because I only remember <laughs> like, yeah. What a shitty dream. Right. And it was weird because I only remember kind of like the end. You know how that where you, you, you can only like yeah, you kind of start yeah. at the end. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's weird. But I remember I started at the end and I was giving a tour. And... <laughs> I, was I like how in your dreams are just the most av- average dream of all time is just giving a tour at a museum. And here's the Rosa Parks bus. What an overrated museum. I fucking hate going to Greenfield Village. Anyway, I mean, hey, I was a tour guide there, so. Uh, even less interesting, honestly. <laughs> no. And so uh, I just remember, like, being sad to say goodbye to, like, the tour crew that I had. A real good crew. They 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 ask a ton of great questions. Right, exactly. And it's like, fuck. Maybe maybe what I really need to think about is like, how lame is my life? Or <laughs> <laughs> those are my dreams. It's like, ah, damn. I'm I'm feeling really emotional about saying goodbye to this group. This was a great group. Cheryl, I hope that pimple gets better. Steve, tell me, you know, keep you, me updated on you, the gout. You just gotta watch like you gotta watch Top Gun like seven times before you go to bed tonight, and get yourself like one of those like riding around on the, on the huge ass boat with like. Big old titty chicks everywhere. Nah, it's going to be the volleyball scene. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just something to get the juices flowing a little bit. Yeah. One aside, when I did do like the month of sobriety or whatever, like I noticed I remembered my dreams a lot more frequently. Yeah. I. So I have a lot of times where like I'll dream and I'll immediately remember it. When I wake up, I'm like, whoa, what the fuck? And then like 30 minutes later, it's basically like I don't even remember a thing about it. Um, like I had a really like. I had a really, really sad dream last night, I, but by the time I was driving to get here, I couldn't remember a single thing that happened, uh, and that's that's pretty typical for me, honestly. Try writing it down, and then you see that thing, and it kind of pops up, and you can go back. It's hel- it helps me. Mike's dream book. I was a receptionist at the local <laughs> dentist's office. <laughs> right. Everything went well until I accidentally misplaced some of the patient's files. <laughs> that's when it turned into a nightmare. Following that, there was an unusual amount of cancellations. <laughs> the dentist was upset with me. We were out of fluoride, and I forgot to order it last week in a previous stream that I had. <laughs> I thought that I could get away from my problems, but even in my dreams, I still have to go to work. <laughs> it's like, fuck, I, that's right, that's right, mortgages due today in my dreams. Escapism is not real. What was your dream about? I had to pay my car payment. <laughs> it's all too real that, that's that's when i'm just like all right time to start start hitting the pen before bed oh no nah, that's a bad idea <laughs> well i mean as long as you do it early enough where it won't affect you when you're waking up like 
Well, that's not the problem. It's when you – I heard and I have had ex- personal experience with when you smoke before bed or you do any type of cannabis before bed. It, like you still dream, but as soon as you stop, your dreams get wild and vivid as hell. Wouldn't that be an upgrade for you right now? Well, a little bit, but <laughs> like, I'd, ra- so I'd, I'd rather have to, I'd have to start than stop. I'd rather be in a fist fight with Schwarzenegger on Mars than than doing my taxes. You know, like <laughs> right. I mean, so, but when I mean wild and vivid, just like crazy things. When I mean crazy, like it really it finds what you're worried about deep down inside. Oh, uh, dude, my, like out. I said, when I w- when I did the month of sobriety or whatever, my dreams got crazy too. Like not only did I remember them, but they were like wild. Well, that's the opposite of what Bingy just said. Bingy was saying that the dreams get wild when you do. No, no, no. It, when you stop. Oh, so that's oh, why. Oh, so, oh. so you're 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 hitting it before. Uh, I, I I truly haven't done that in months. But if I was in this situation. Then, you know what I'm saying? Like, right. Like, if I was, <laughs> I don't know. I, dreaming is fun. I do like having some funny, like, fun dreams. Uh, but if I was just, like, I don't know, walking down the street and all my dreams every night, I'd probably try it once or twice. <clears throat> yeah. yeah. I don't know, though. God damn. I, I feel like I've killed two segments now. Just bang, bang. No, we, we were on that for a while. You're good. Do you want to do the. Uh, Oh shit! The one that we had talked about. Oh yeah, you want me to get into the uh, the f- it, it pre- or uh, punishments for for millionaires? Yes, I, I have one yeah. good one here. All right, so let me set this up. So we were. <laughs> well, is all right. Oh, yeah, you're gonna intro it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All, right, all right, yeah. Yeah. So we talked a little bit about this bank in California going tits up. Uh, SVB Silicon Valley Bank. Um, for those listening, Silicon Valley Bank is like uh, it's a VC firm that does a lot of uh, financing for. Um, tech tech companies like startup tech companies and so long story short uh they had a run in the bank uh was it two weekends ago now um and they went belly up and had to um close the bank they got bought by one of the bigger banks i think it was jp morgan maybe i forget what doesn't matter um but anyways the the interesting point here is like right before the bank went belly up the a lot of the executives in the bank they sold a bunch of their stocks right before the bank went up, went bankrupt, and then they also took like yearly bonuses right before the bank went belly up, which uh, the stock thing seems illegal. Um, I'm pretty sure when you're in like a certain level of executive in a company, you have to like file that you're going to um, you're going to sell stocks with the SEC. Yeah, you have to disclose it like a certain amount of time, maybe like a month or something before you sell the stocks. Um, the bonuses just seems like a scumbag move. Like we're going, we're we're going to the uh, the bottom anyways. Might as well take as well take what we can get before we go. Scumbag move. And so it, it, the idea was brought up like these people will almost definitely face legal proceedings at some point or another here. But aside from the legal proceedings, how do you? What would you do? What what punishment would fit the crimes of of these people taking all this money on the way out and then just leaving everybody else high and dry? Yeah, I got a good punishment. <laughs> go, you go first. I got another good one. Uh, I got a good one. <laughs> if, if you're like, if you pull that shit, like what they did at SVB, you got to work at an Arby's for ten years. Dude, that, that's what I'm working like. the drive-through. <laughs> that was my idea too. Yeah, you or have to a Sonic, and you got to skate out. <laughs> Here's your milkshakes. Just right. You you have to work at a shitty like fast food place until you hit the level of earnings that you took out from selling your shares yep. and your bonus. 
Yeah. And if that's the rest of your life, then so be it. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. Right. Um, I, I went a similar yet different direction. I think this would be a great pay-per-view idea. I would watch this 100%. I see these guys, for the most part, when you're in situations like this, this means that the executives or the people who are running, who are running the money have been gambling with people's money in a, a very, or a, let's say, overly risky way. Because um, obviously there's checks and balances to, to make sure that this doesn't happen, yet it seemed to continue to happen. Um, so when this does happen, that means that people in these banks have been, have been gambling with your money. What I want to see happen is that when these people get caught gambling with your money, they then have to take that money and go to the casino and gamble it. They have to gamble every, every whatever you decide was, was stolen or fucked up. They have to take that money and go to the casino and gamble all of it. You have to gamble until you've played every last penny in, in your whatever your sentence is. And you only take what you win from the casino. So if that's fun. If that's a hundred grand and you only win forty, good. Fuck you. <laughs> that's a, I, I like that idea that it's not as much of a punishment though, because you still like if you were smart and played roulette, you could still win half the money or forty eight percent, whatever. I I think on the uh, idea you said pay per view, I think it'd be fun to make these guys fight each other. Like in a box oh, in like yeah. a box in a boxing match. Winner takes half, the other half goes back <laughs> to the investors. Yeah, the yeah, it goes back to whoever you scammed. I think they should have to fight each other. <laughs> oh, see, that's something I could get behind, especially because like, you know, these guys are all they're all old fuckers. Like, yeah, they're all these old old fat white guys. That'd be an electric thing to gamble on. I guess in <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, but I mean it's true. Like, they and fuck them, they deserve it. Honestly, like, I don't see anybody getting their ass kicked, but. It sure would be fun to see them rough, see them rough each other up a little bit, and you know, see what happens. They 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 have to like be a preschool teacher for five years. <laughs> <laughs> they go they go from like acquisitions and mergers to changing or some like, dude, yeah, some five year old pants. Running a daycare center would be fun. Just yeah. old people that just have like they're the most boring, not interesting people of all time, or they're like like drugged out coaksters. Uh, they're taking care of like four-year-olds who just want to like play with play-doh and lincoln logs and stuff i mean probably not a great match for the kids but hilarious idea as like a as a thought experiment i i just like the idea of like as harsh of a punishment as possible like make them sell all their assets like until they can pay back whatever what they took and or along the lines of like physical like you have to fight each other or or just waterboard them just torture them (laughs) waterboard is not torture (laughs) <laughs> oh, that's a hot take. Waterboard is not torture. According oh. to the definitions of torture, oh, here's oh, okay. not this torture. Is, this is a great Th- transition. This podcast is sponsored by big government. Yes. Uh, this podcast is sponsored by, uh, by, by Raytheon. Kamala, Joe, we love you. No, Halliburton. Halliburton. This podcast is sp- sponsored by Halliburton. BlackRock sponsor us. Halliburton. Waterboard is technically not torturing. That's their slogan. So, <laughs> I I have got a hot take. I I actually said this one on Saturday. Um, I think I could be waterboarded and I'd be fine. <laughs> Are you guys fucking insane? Go go on and, and please like flesh this out a little bit. Christopher Hitchens did it. Like I think if you took a washcloth and put it over my face and poured some water in there, like I I don't think it would. I think I could get through it. <laughs> Dude, I'm not talking. Like we're not talking about like taking a dish rag and pouring a gallon jug over your head. They're like like gallons and gallons and gallons. Like y- you could think about it this way, right? However long you think you can breathe underwater, 
multiply that by like three and then consider that like they also did this to the world's worst criminals and they couldn't take it i just couldn't swim (laughs) they don't have elite conditioning like i do (laughs) it was funny though i said that like as a joke and then it like everyone laughed and then jake was like yeah i've actually thought this for a while a while (laughs) why Of all the people I know, I, I feel like Jake would be the one person that like would one day bring up like, yeah, one yeah, I got waterboarded one time, just like randomly or something. It was like part of basic or something. I don't know, man. Or maybe it was either Jake or Pat. I don't know. One of them. Yeah. <laughs> well, Pat, Pat would be 100 percent like, dude, you could waterboard me all day and I'd be fine no matter what, like whether or not he's he's gone through all sorts of like tough trainings. Pat is the type of guy who would just be like, yeah, I can do that. I can do that. I can do that. Whatever you could bring up. So, yeah, Pat would 100% be like, ah, eh, waterboarding's not that bad. They're kind of pussies, honestly, if we're thinking about it, really. Um, <laughs> yeah. I think what we can do for, for some of the Silicon Valley bank people, like some of like the older ones, more conservative, older older guys, is they have to go to, like, <laughs> I don't know, they just have to go to, like, drag queen's story bingo hour, but they have to do that eight hours a day per day. And, and they have to write, like, essays on it. Right about like how they're they they're submitting to the she mail that. Oh, you know what they should have to do? This is an old school punishment, but for every dollar that you take, you have to write, "I will not defraud people," like on a whiteboard. So if you steal like a hundred thousand dollars in bonuses, you have to sit there and write that sentence out a hundred thousand times. Right, I like that. It's too boring. Like That's no, but point. it's it's it that is like, dude, you have to sit there and do that for what eight hours a day for like a month. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Especially if these guys are taking millions. Like, dude, they're going to be there forever. I think we should have to chop their pinkies off. Technically, that (laughs) is more torture, having them write eight hours a day than waterboarding. (laughs) You're telling me if I waterboarded you for 30 minutes, you would rather do that than than write on a chalkboard? Writing on a chalkboard for eight hours a day will cause permanent physical damage to you because of the amount of stress you're putting on your hands, especially with someone who's probably in their late 60s, probably suffering from arthritis. That will cause a permanent physical damage on him over the course of time. Waterboarding has shown that it does not cause permanent physical damage. (laughs) Hence, it's not torturing, but writing on a chalkboard is. Sponsored by Halliburton. You took the line right out of my mouth. You guys are wild for this waterboarding take. <laughs> this last segment was brought to you by Dick Cheney. <laughs> Dick <laughs> Cheney. I shot a guy in the face and got away with it. Do we want to get into some other? Do you want to do like other hot takes? Oh, yeah, absolutely. This is a great segue into that. Who, who do we want to start here? I got two or three. Give me one, Joe. Yeah. Oh, yeah, okay. Let's, let's, let's have it. All right. I'll, I'll, give, I'll give you the one that I kind of teased uh, before we start talking about this. So baseball this this offseason implemented a, a few rules changes in order to shorten the, the length of baseball games mm-hmm. and generally like increase the excitement for the game. Um, the rule changes will probably bring down the time of games average from like whatever it is down 20, 30 minutes. Um, and it'll also end up in more runs being scored because the bases are bigger, so it's easier to get on base, whatever. I think these are all band-aids on on the real issue which is baseball games are too long there's too many innings baseball games should only be seven innings disagree for a few reasons uh as a baseball purist the game evolves just like every sport does every sport goes through phases (coughs) every sport kind of comes in contact with this i think unfortunately it's a reflection of society where all right 
two things are happening at once. Our society is less and less patient than it was. We can't sit down and watch something. Baseball also, too, we have access. Baseball is not only in competition with other sports. It's in competition with every TV show and every movie that's ever existed. Baseball or sports has never really had that crazy of competition. Um, so we're just not patient as we used to be yep. because we have entertainment at our disposal at all times. And also, too, just like other sports, how the athletes and the analytics are getting so much better, the same thing's happening with baseball. Where, I mean, whereas before, I, there were analytics that went into the game, but not to the extent is now. And so there's analytics on every single pitch. And so before every single p- not all the time, but I know some approaches are, oh, we have a playbook for every scenario possible. And so it's like, okay, this guy, we have 0-2. He can't hit curveballs. Let's double check. Yep, okay, that's it. And the analytics are so good that the game is just lasting longer because it's a chess match. So two things are happening, and that's what's hurting baseball. Right, and I think one other base for big baseball problem that they're having right now is the, the uptick in injuries. I feel like more and more every year you're seeing, especially pitchers, really, really struggling with staying healthy. Hmm. And so you're, getting, you're going from, like, five-man rotations to, like, always having to bring up guys from the minor leagues to, to get in there and switch it out. And I would say the average start is somewhere between five and six innings. Just call it five and a half innings. Um, and you're still seeing guys left and right going for Tommy Johns, going for all sorts of other stuff. Whereas if if you had a shorter start and you brought in the, the setup and the closer in the sixth and the seventh, and maybe your starter lasts five innings or maybe he lasts seven, that's another thing. Like, when you talk to old heads about baseball, they're always like, oh, these fucking pitchers never finish games. I watched so-and-so, you know, pitch 20 innings one day. If the starters pitched all seven innings, that would be a little bit more exciting for the game in general. So between the injuries and the excitement, I, I really think cutting off the last two innings could overall provide a better product in the long term. Obviously, people would be not thrilled with that. Um, but you want to keep your stars in the field. And when they're not able to stay on the field, it's really, really hard to promote your product. Baseball is all about records and history. You cut the game down to seven innings, and now that's why this is all, a hot take. Right, all the records are now unbreakable. Yeah, I, I think a lot of the records become unbreakable. The single season home run record is already pretty unbreakable. Now it is even more. Um, also, too, hitting streak record. Ted Williams is uh, hitting streak record. That's now it already. I th- it's unbreakable as it is right now. Now it's impossible to touch. Home run records, impossible to touch because you're just playing. You're getting less at-bats when you're playing seven as opposed to nine innings. Uh, there's just so many factors going on with baseball, which is leading to it. Also, too, pitchers aren't going as longer. A lot of that is they're cracking down on foreign substances, which is causing pitchers to put more stress on their arm. There's less spin on the ball, so they have to overcompensate with velocity. Also, when you switch pitchers, that makes the game longer. Bullpen changes makes the game longer so yeah but then you got less bullpen changes with less innings right right i know but then at the same time the cost is all the records and all the fun things about baseball now no one's beating those records like how fun was aaron judge's home run chase this absolutely it was great it was it was good tv it was good for the sport you move it to seven innings that goes away all those records just go away yeah, but that's that's a funny thing you bring up about baseball because baseball like diehards are really really set on these records, right? But then they also have like a, a myriad of players whose records have been like wiped out of the game for for various reasons. Pete Rose, Barry Bonds, uh, Roger Clemens, they already have tarnished records. 
Um, I so I understand why a baseball person wouldn't want to do that, but from a like a, a casual fan perspective, I could separate the two and be like, all right, yep, there used to be a time where they played nine innings. These are the records for that. Now we play seven innings, and this, these are the records for this. Mm, I don't think most. I don't think baseball fans are going to be able to do that. Hot take theater. Uh, yeah. On to the next. I, I'm not a. I'll just chime in real quick. I'm not as big of a baseball fan as you guys, but I would. I, and again, I know Mike, you're more of a purist. I would fall in the camp of yeah. I think seven innings would make it a better product. Absolutely. You want to see Scherzer on the mound for seven innings? He's only going seven one way. He Scherzer's never going eight, but he can do seven. And that was that was why the Tigers got rid of him. But anyways, you you want you got a hot take, Mike? Or uh, well, yeah, I have a, I have a couple hot takes, but they're not like super controversial. Like I, I don't know, I don't really like spaghetti. <laughs> what? Uh, well, I, I think spaghetti's overrated. Like I don't really care. So for it. one of my hot takes was uh, I'm not a big like I don't like sloppy joes or chili. Like I think both of those are overrated. So yeah, I'm indifferent. Uh, I, I think the spaghetti take is wild because there's so many different like variations on spaghetti. Um, so you don't like like regular meat sauce? Re- yeah, like like Alfredo. Alfredo. I'll <laughs> eat it if someone's making it, but I'm never gonna make it myself. That is, I guess that is a hot take. That's kind of wild. If someone's making it for me, I'll eat it. But I'm never making. I've made noodles. Twice. What what part do you not like? Is it the sauce? Is it the noodles? Is it what is it? it? Just doesn't do it for me. But it's like such an easy, like quick to go kind of thing. Like you can toss a box of pasta in and be done in like 15 minutes. Like that you like mac and cheese? No, like regular pasta. You could if no, you say he doesn't even like oh, mac and yeah. cheese. Well, I, I I just won't eat it. Well, I'm not gonna make. I'm not gonna order it. That's the difference. I'm never gonna make it. I'm never gonna order it. It's only if someone's giving it to me. I go over someone's house and they're having it for dinner. So you you obviously didn't grow up with pasta in the house then. No, I did. Wh- what am I missing here? I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> my my, nu- my nunna was from Malta. She made masticholis all the time. I, I like those. Do you, do your do your parents or your your nunna have like a like a like a sauce recipe? Yeah, I like <laughs> maybe this is dog shit yeah, sauce. Yeah, if you were if you were getting fed like ragu, no, every I week. just I never like I just never. <laughs> we had ragu, we had ragu go every week growing up. I don't know. I I would I prefer like chicken. <laughs> you can never mind. I this is such a wild take. I just me. don't. It just doesn't do it for me. It, man. It's such a staple of my of my like food like uh, preferences that I can't even like I can't fathom. Just being so indifferent about this. I haven't had pasta in probably seven months. <laughs> That's wild. We have pasta. We have pasta here once a week. Are you just kind of like a like a like a meat and potatoes kind of guy? Is I'm that a meat and potatoes guy, man? Give me a steak. Give me chicken. Give me potatoes. That's all I need. <laughs> True Green American. beans. Red blooded American, right there, everybody. I, I don't need. I don't need noodles. I just see noodles as. I don't know. It just makes me feel sick after. Yeah. Yeah. Who would who who would want to eat any of that shit anyways? Stupid dagos. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, I mean, I'll, if someone's making it, I'll eat it. I'm not like opposed to it. I'm just never making it or ordering it. What if like, uh, like if you have an option for sides and like you get a side of pasta or you get a side of like potato or you get a side of like veggies, like is is that something too where you'll go for the veggies over the pasta? Yeah, of course. I never get a side. Yeah, of, pasta. of course, right? Of course, of course. Never yeah. get a side of pasta. Naturally. All right, I got nothing else for that. That was insane. Any other hot takes? Yeah, I yeah, got hot takes. Oh, I got Let me go, and then you can go. Oh, go. All right. Uh, 
I think Quentin Tarantino, while he has some good movies, oh, you're gonna lose I think me. he's very his movies are very overrated. Yep, I'm out. So, I lo- I like Pulp Fiction, great movie. Obviously, I like Django Unchained, good movie. Obviously, Kill Bill, it's I thought it was all right. It was it was a decent movie, like, but I'm never gonna watch it again. Do you, do you have any particular like, qualms with Pil- Kill Bill? No, it's just it was it was an average. It was a good movie, but it's not like. I, I feel like Quentin Tarantino, all his movies are held on like a pedestal where they're like, oh, like it's Tarantino, like it's must watch or whatever. Kill Bill, it was a good movie, but I'm never going to watch it again. Like it, in in uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, I didn't like. I, that's the one I haven't seen yet. Um, in Glorious Bastards, I think that's one of the most overrated movies of all time. I didn't do it for me. Oh, uh, Mike. So, Reservoir Dogs too. It was, it was. Decent, but I'm I'm not gonna. I, there's no point. I'm, I would never watch it again, and I wouldn't recommend it. It's like, oh, you must watch this. So I I get that. So I like Tarantino, a lot. I think when he's on, he's on. It's a very entertaining product. When it comes to something like Reservoir Dogs, I can see. I like it, but I can see why someone doesn't. I can see why someone's like, I don't get the hype. I can see it. I don't agree with it, but I can see it. Kill Bill. Eh, Kill Bill, eh. Uh, Inglorious Bastards, I like, but I can see why someone doesn't like it. It so, makes sense. Like, so okay. so the, the knock I would put on Tarantino, that it's not for everybody, is that basically all of his movies are just a group of people in a room having a discussion. Um, so Reservoir Dogs is a lot like that, where you don't actually see them rob the bank. The, right. whole movie, the whole movie is just them in that warehouse, like, interacting with each other and having various characters go in and out and, like, the dynamic between the characters. And you, you could say that same thing about uh, Pulp Fiction. You could say the same thing about Jackie Brown's kind of like that. Um, and I'm probably forgetting a couple others. But to, to, to Inglorious Bastards is action-packed, great interaction between characters, so many good one-liners, funny. It's a funny movie. I, I, I don't know what I'm missing here. I don't know. I, did, I really didn't like that movie. I, I, I read the review. Everyone said, oh, it was a great movie. You know, my wife. Oh, it's a great movie. We watched it. I was like, ah, I, I, you know, waste of waste of an hour and a half or two hours or whatever. <laughs> oh, but okay. So I look at that movie a lot like Django. Did you, you like Django? Yeah. So I, lo- it, lo- I love Jamie Foxx. I love uh, Leo. I, I don't know that. I liked the. In Inglorious Bastards, that w- one scene when they're in like the, they're having that conversation before everyone shoots up the place or whatever. At the the movie theater. No, not in the movie theater. Oh, in the, the bar. In the bar. I feel like that scene took like half an hour. Yeah, but the tension, man. Nah, see, I don't know. I just didn't. I didn't like it as much. Okay. Yeah, Tarantino's never gonna like. He he's a tease for sure. He's never gonna give you what you want. But that's what makes the the dialogue between the characters in those scenes so interesting to me. Is like, you don't know everything, um, and none of the characters know everything either. That's the other thing. Whatever is going on. Every character has a little bit of different perspective, but doesn't see the whole picture, and so that's why those conversations in rooms are so fascinating to me. Um, yeah, it might just go over my head. <laughs> Hate, Hateful Eight is the same. I didn't see that one. Hateful Eight is another movie. So basically, the first thirty minutes, uh, they're kind of out in the wilderness and riding around and stuff, and then they get trapped in a log cabin for like two hours. And for the first hour in the cabin, like nothing really happens. It's just like like. Uh, dramatic conversation and a lot of threatening and shit and then somebody gets shot 
And then there's no, there's a guy like spoiler alert. There's a guy hiding under the floorboards with a gun, and it, it's a wild ending. But yeah, for the first that middle hour there, not really a lot going on. But if if you're a Tarantino fan, the that dramatic like buildup is is awesome. But I could see why somebody else might not love that. But then like like you like Pulp Fiction, like what am I? What, where's the disconnect? I don't know. I get it with Pulp Fiction. With Pulp Fiction, there's a lot of there's a lot of mystery and there's a lot of different scenes whereas the hateful eight you said it they're in a room for a long time reservoir dogs same thing they're in that room right for a long time pulp fiction's constantly moving there's a lot of different characters there's a lot of different like interesting scenes in it um so i, I can see why pulp fiction is the most appealing yeah i guess like Joey. that's a good point with pulp fiction at least like there's uh, there's a few different sorry there's a few different storylines going on and even within those storylines, they break them up into different parts and swing them around where, like, every 20, 30 minutes or so, you're getting kind of, like, brought back in for something else. Mm-hmm. And at least with, like, if, if you don't want to sit there and watch somebody talk in a room for two hours, at least with that, you're getting different, like, different stuff going on. And it is kind of like a high-paced movie. You got the scene towards the end where the, the guy shoots the, like, the, the captive in the back of the car and like uh the boxing scene where the guy the boxer uh kills the other guy and he's got to like run away there's a lot going on in pulp fiction um but i feel like there's a lot going on there's a lot going on in django and in glorious bastards too i just that's a that i can't believe you like don't like glorious bastards the other one i could understand but yeah well what's your next one all right uh i've got two more i will I think every ten years the government should force everybody with a driver's license to get a uh, to take a driver's exam again. I don't think that's a hot take. I I like no, that I idea. I agree. I agree. You have to re up your license. It's it's crazy how many bad drivers there are out there that either like basically just learned how to drive from their parents and then kind of showed up and got a license because not every state has the same regulations about get like obtaining a driver's license, and especially back in the day, like not every. I think now you do in every state, but. You didn't always have to take like driver's ed. Like if you learned how to drive like at home, you could just go apply for a license. Um, and there's a lot of people who like obviously don't take driver's ed seriously at all, and they kind of just get out there and like the skills they have when they get their license are the skills they continue to have throughout their entire life. So it's fucking wild that we have like so many people who just basically drive like shit, continuing to drive like that until they're 75 years old. Yeah, I think the the. I like the idea, but it would be hard to like because you just go in, you take the test, you drive well for the test, and then you go back to your habits. Like, yes, sometimes I just—it's it, not a perfect setup, but I think you would catch you would catch some people for sure. You would catch the worst of the worst, which is really like the the whole point of this is to catch the worst drivers on the road, right? Like, if you have somebody who can at least fake it for a little while, like, all right, <laughs> there'd be a lot of gra- grandparents on that public transportation, well, th- and so that's part of it too. I, I I had to morph this take because originally it was like after 70, nobody should have a driver's license. But I don't think that's fair. Um, but this this kind of encapsulates that where like you, after you get to a certain age, you could even shorten that distance where it's like, OK, every five years, like once you get to 60 years old, every five years, you have to take a driver's exam. Like I know um, when you when you go to renew your license after a certain age, they like uh, they do an eye exam, which good thing. Um, but that doesn't test your reflexes or anything like that. Uh, 
and I, I really think this would take a lot of the grandmothers and grandfathers off the road that should be. <laughs> when you're driving, the, the person giving you the test just throws shit at you. <laughs> See how your reflexes are. <laughs> <laughs> you're playing Fruit Ninja with the fucking driving instructor in the back. Be funny. Oh, man. But I, yeah, maybe this isn't a hot take, but that's, that's exactly what I'm – that's hot take number two on my list. Uh, I don't know. This is. I got one more. If anybody. Right, right. I I don't I don't care for like, Jay Z, Beyonce. I don't really Eminem. I don't really care for. Is that hip hop in general or just those artists you just listed? Uh, hip hop in general, but like I like old Kanye. I like some. <laughs> I like some rap. You like the old Kanye? I like some rap, but like Eminem, I never really bring back two thousand four Kanye. You don't like Eminem's like uh two thousands two thousand twenty nothing really. Nothing nothing really, like, gets me. Hmm. Yeah, I don't think that's a hot take. I mean, if you don't like hip-hop, you don't like hip-hop. Like, I don't like pop music, but uh, there's a couple pop artists I would li- – like, I, I like AJR. Yeah, I, music, I, music's all subjective. Right. But I, I don't know. I, I just don't – Eminem just does nothing for me, and I always thought the hype was a little only because he's from here. That's. I think there's definitely something to that. No, that I think that's a hot take. No, I think it's the the hype's only because he's from here. No, I dude. Th- I think if you go other places, I I do think he take. gets a lot more shine because he's from Detroit, and he's made it like such a such a central part of his like character, his persona, that it like, like you if you go talk to somebody anywhere and you ask them what they know about Detroit, they're like, oh, eight mile, right? Uh, and that's Eminem. So I do think he gets a little bit of like extra credit for like being from Eight Mile, man. Like you know. Yeah, but that's that has nothing to do with like his talent. No, absolutely. That's that, I agree with that. His lyricism. But it, it just in general, like when you talk to people about like um, like who's who's the top of the list, like Eminem. Eminem might be extra popular because of the things that don't include his music. And also, also he hasn't put out like a like a. a a classic album in how long? Well, dude, it's hard to make good music for more than twenty years. Right. Yeah, that's facts. I'm just saying it's it's also something to put in there. Yeah, I yeah, I'm not necessarily disagreeing. Just, yeah, I just it just never. I I just never got it. Bring back O four Kanye. I got you. Well, I just never like got it. Eminem. I never really got Eminem. More of a Twix guy. Gotcha. Right. No. No. I, it just it just was never my style, and it's like okay, like that's not to say I didn't listen to some of his music, but it wasn't. I don't. I, I couldn't tell you the last time I went on Spotify and like put on Eminem. Y'all fuck with the it. y'all fuck with the little mini Eminems. What? You know, like uh, He's transitioning yeah. to the candy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> those are fire. Uh, yeah, I, those are good. I, I like think mi- mini Eminems are like my top three candies of all time. Yeah. I don't know what it is about them being smaller, but they taste better. I can't explain it. Yeah. It also might just be like a nostalgia bit, but no, it's also it's one of those things where it's like you're eating more of them. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I could pop like fifteen of those little fuckers in my mouth, like as opposed to like three or four at a time. And into the nostalgia factor, when you were a kid, they sold them in those little tubes. They yeah. still sell them in the tubes. Uh, well, there you go. I see them. I see them at the grocery store occasionally, and I'm always tempted to like grab it. I'm, but I never buy candy. And I'm like, I'm not a big candy guy, but. Uh, I see them all the time, and I'm always drawn right to it. Like, I'll be standing in there in line just, like, not even paying attention to what's going on. I'm looking at the fucking M&Ms. I was like, ah. But, yeah, miss those little fuckers. Um, anyways, anything else about M&M? <laughs> no, just 
that's my hot take. Same thing with Beyonce and Jay Z. I never got Jay Z. Never really liked him. Beyonce never cared yeah. for. If you don't like the genre, I get it. Yeah, I never really got into Beyonce either. <laughs> I don't think that's a real hot take that a bu- three white dudes sitting around <laughs> uh, Troy, Michigan, never really got into Beyonce. True. Um, <laughs> hey, I mean, uh, but even I like to think I know a decent amount about music i i don't get it at all like i don't get why she's that popular uh like some of her songs i'm like this is not creative like this is just not good yeah i don't know enough about her catalog to have an opinion like that um there's so many other women especially like black women who are making significantly better music yeah i I, i'm not familiar enough with their work to argue that right like take all of motown oh or lizzo no not Lizzo. What do you mean? She's she's talented and popular and and well versed. No, <laughs> don't get me started. Name one Lizzo song. She's got this song called "Girls." We ain't hoes, we CEOs. <laughs> that's a line. And then she goes, uh, where "That's my, actually she, a pretty good line." She goes, "Where my girls? Where my girls? Where my girls at?" Uh, something about CEOs and hoes. That's not a good line. We went to CEO and ho parties all the time in college. So it's like it, it, it could have taken you two seconds to come up with something that basic. But there's nothing to it. It's a beat. It's just like there's nothing. Yeah. Like this is not good. No, that's a good point. Like this was made in 10 minutes. Yeah, I don't know about her, but Nicki Minaj especially, talent of our generation. I'll, I'll never forget WAP as long as I live. Like I'll, I'll be old and senile one day. I'll just certified freak. <laughs> like it's not a song I listen to, but it's it's objectively hilarious. Yeah. Anyways, it's poisoning the youth. <laughs> uh, Joey, uh, I don't know if I have much else. Oh, we still got another ten, fifteen. What what other uh, topics you guys want to talk about? Well, you, uh, let me do one more. WNBA should lower the rims to nine feet. Yeah, I agree with that. This may or may not be a hot take, but I've I've been thinking about this for a while because I was we were we were watching UFC one night, and one thing UFC is really good at is when the women fights come. Unlike a lot of other sports, when the women come in for UFC, I don't get any less interested usually than I do for the male fights. Yeah, the woman, dude, the UFC women's division, they they have some great fighters, and the fights are entertaining as hell. So I was thinking to myself, like, what would it take in other sports for me to be interested in watching women in other sports? Because, like, I'm a golf nerd. I I enjoy watching the women's golf, but the women's golf is not that much more different than the men's golf. It's the same concept. They play on similar courses. The big difference is that the women tee off, like, 50 50 to 100 yards further up than the men. And so applying that concept to other sports that women play, where there might be some kind of of physical difference between the men and the women – Lowering the rim down to nine feet in the women's NBA would would probably allow. I, I mean, I, I don't have any numbers on this, but I would be more interested if they could dunk. I agree. What do you think about this? Because I was also thinking about ways to maybe make the WNBA product more appealing, and I think lowering the rims is step one. But I think step two is get rid of the women and replace <laughs> them with men. <laughs> Why can't this shit-eating grin for the last 45 seconds? That was his idea. (laughs) Just get rid of the women and have men instead. No, you talk about with golf. I mean, like, what's the difference between men and women's golf? 
well, they're not the, as good. Like that's the difference. They're they're not like hey, they're a hell of a lot better than I am, thousand percent. But they're just not as good. Like that that like that is simply it. They're just not as good. So the WNBA, they're see, just not as good. I I think that's a hot take. Why don't people watch Double A baseball? Because there's Triple A baseball and professional baseball and no. Major League Baseball. Why don't people watch G League basketball as much as they watch the NBA? Gee, I wonder why. It's because the NBA, it's a lot better product. Why aren't people watching the WNBA? Because it sucks. Uh, this isn't this isn't <laughs> hard. <laughs> why don't people like eating <laughs> never mind. <laughs> like it's not it's like duh. Like pasta? Like why do people like eating pasta? No, exactly. No, the difference yeah. is <laughs> It's like, why aren't people biting our product? Because it sucks. That's why. That's why people aren't eating at your restaurant, because your food is bad. No. Why are people not watching the WNBA? It's not because we hate women. It's because it's just not that good of a game. Sorry, I'd much rather watch a college basketball game uh, between men that's 80 to 75 that's really competitive as opposed to watching uh, UConn blow out Baylor you know, 50 to 25. Like, that's not a fun game to watch where they're one from 16 from three-point range, which is closer than where the men shoot from. See, I, I, I strongly disagree, actually. I think there's, right, a lot of, there's a lot of really, really good shooters in the WNBA, and they have to be really good shooters because the game isn't as physical because nobody can go up there and dunk. So getting, getting to the hoop is a lot more difficult when nobody can get up over anybody else. Um, this doesn't necessarily apply to the WNBA, but... In the reason that the women can't compete with the men in the WNBA is because the men are m- just generally larger people, and that's just a, that's a biological fact of nature. Um, in in sports, however, that aren't like physical contact sports like golf, I think there's a real argument to be had that if you put men and women in the same tournament on a golf course and let the women tee off from where the LPGA players played and where the men tee off from the men's tees, that there would be some women that would mix it up in these in in these tournaments. With the men. That would be entertaining, I think. But they also are getting an advantage. Right, yes, but it's, but it's a it biological... Like, it just, it's making right. up for the... Bingo. Like, I'm sorry, but I'm not as strong... I'm not as big as someone who's 6'2". Like, that's just reality. Right, but the difference isn't, like... It's not a matter of, like, effort. It's a matter of, like, biological like, nature. Right. Yeah, because the skill can still be at the same level, but is what you're saying. Right, Yeah. But take yeah. take... We'll take gender out of the equation. There are other people who have more physical, biological gifts than other people. Okay. I would not want to watch people. I wouldn't want to watch like us play a game of pickup basketball as opposed to watch the best huge athletes do it. But what, I think you're missing my point. the The difference is it's it's only off the tee. It's only distance off the tee, right? So mm. there, th- other than other than distance. The girls, I would argue, are as skilled as keeping the ball in play in short game. E- maybe even maybe even better in the short game department than the men. Uh, there are some fantastic chippers and putters uh, out there. Okay, but you're taking distance. You're taking such a huge component out of it. It's like, well, besides this one major factor, it'd be like they're, they're just as good in baseball besides the fact that like they don't throw hard. You're not taking it out of the equation as much as making it. You're trying to you're equalize it. You're putting them on a, on a level playing ground. Really, yeah, between exactly. Each, between each other. Well, but that. Okay, you're but you're not. Yes, there's biological shortcomings between two men. There are two biological. There's biological shortcomings. So all right, but hey, I'm 
I'm 5'9", you're six foot. You got 30 pounds on me. I don't have 30 pounds on me. So I get to shoot from a little bit closer? No. I would argue that when you when you look at average uh, disparity between te- like distance off the tee between the men and then look at how much how much difference the average is for the uh, distance off the tee from the women, right? So there's probably a an average variance somewhere in the 30-yard range of average distance off the tee for the men. I don't know what it is for the women. It's probably something similar. But the average of that variance versus the average average distance off the tee for the women is probably somewhere in the 30 to 40 yards off the tee dis- distance. So if, if if all it takes to get the men and the women to compete on the same playing ground is to have the women tee off from 40 yards further ahead, then and and they have similar sets of skills other than that, I don't I don't see where that's disinteresting. Why hasn't anyone tried this then? Um well, I mean, women's sports in general haven't been marketed to the to nearly the same level as men's sports since the beginning of time. What would happen? I think there's a little bit more to it. I I would have to look at the data, but if that's the difference, if the difference is just a measly 30, 40 yards, then why haven't why hasn't it been a conversation of like, oh, let's see. Like, let's have the women play with the men. Because oh, this has never been brought up in discussion. Well, I ha- it had to. We can't be the first ones to think about this. We're not. And it's funny you bring that up because this is the first. Well, so there's always a tournament in the winter. It used to be called the Shark Shootout. It's gone through a bunch of different sponsor changes. But it's a PGA Tour event um, where the men teamed up and played a, a two te- two-man teams uh, against each other in, like, this tournament. And over the last few years, uh, a couple of LG LPGA players have been mixed in with this tournament. So, like, Lexi Thompson has played in it. Um, I'm forgetting. There's a couple others that I'm forgetting. Right, One of the quarters has played in it. Um, and so next year, going forward with this tournament, all the teams are co-ed teams. So it'll be one man, one woman for each team. So, like, Ricky Fowler's playing with Nelly Corda. Tony Finau's playing with Jessica Corda, I think. Um and it'll be the same for every team. So every team will have one LPGA and one PGA player on it. And it'll be interesting to see how that goes. It's not exactly the same thing as what I'm talking about, but it's a step towards that. So the only difference is 30, 40 yards off the tee. But, like, I, I guess what I'm also confused on is, like, you take a look at the average distance hit with an 8-iron on men versus yeah, women. Yeah, yeah, like absolutely. Then you, all, you have more than just – distance is more than a, a factor than just the tee shot. Right. Distance is a factor the whole entire time. And so saying, oh, that's one aspect that we can try to have a control for. I mean, that's such a huge thing. Yes. But when you when you move the women up 30, 40 yards off the tee, their next shot might be an eight iron, whereas the men hitting off from their tee, their next shot might also be an eight iron. You know what I'm saying? So like and the men hits an eight iron a little bit farther. I, I, I don't know. It's right. Just, exactly. But but then it's you're in a different area and distance matters a little bit more. There's you know, and. Being able to have a pitching wedge, which you're more accurate with, as opposed to using an eight iron. I'm not saying it, it's a great idea for every event in golf, but I think there there is a place for it, um, especially on courses that aren't overly long. Um, and right. that's something that the tour is, is struggling with right now. They're actually I don't want to get too much into golf, but right um, because because it was it was the WNBA, and I think like the pro- like it's just a better the NBA is a better product. Yeah, there are better shooters, and there could be some good shooters in the WNBA. But that doesn't mean that they're that the product is even close. I'm not saying it is, but I think you could improve it by adding a level of physicality to the game. Yeah, if they if you, they were like nine foot rims in the WNBA, they were just throwing out these windmill dunks. If they that were would be sweet. on each other in the paint. 
if, if there were women th- getting I, posterized, that would be sweet. I think that would help, but at the end of the day, we also have to say, okay, yeah, the rims are also a foot smaller. Yeah, but it would it would just be – I'd be more inclined to be interested in it if they were yamming on each other. Also, I, there, I get that. there's no need to like – there's no need to, to combat NBA versus WNBA. You can be exclusively a fan of either, or you can be inclusively a fan of both, and that's fine. Um I think it's also fair to say that there are obviously differences between the two games, and I think that's also fine. But I think it's it's possible to 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 improve the sport and not have it. But you can lower the rims, improve the sport, and also not compare it to the NBA and just say, "Hey, listen, this is our this is our sport. This is what we offer." So it's Dude, a different sport. They should add the four point less. Yeah, they should add a four point line too. That would be sweet. Right, like at what t- at what point does it become a different sport, like baseball and softball? Like right. at what's what the point? Th- it's a, it's what's a what's the downside sport. to that? Right, no, I'm not saying there is a downside, but it's like okay, so it's not really basketball. I mean, it's basketball. It's just a different type of basketball. It's three on. Or it's it's that's like saying uh, you know the the Olympics has three on three now. That's is that basketball? No, it, it is basketball. It's just a different type of basketball. Different type of basketball. Yeah. Same thing here. No, oh, hey, that makes sense. I would be more inclined to watch it. I, I wouldn't rush to the store to buy my Detroit Shock jersey, but you know. I might flip it on every now and then. <laughs> but then, but uh, here's what here's what's going to then happen. Then you're they're going to have a, a men's league where there's nine foot rims. No, why? There's no purpose for that. There's it no might, need for it. Might it. be more entertaining. People who are worse at basketball now have an no, opportunity. No, there's already enough dunks and and sick. Yeah, the the, yeah. The, 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 the the counterpoint to that argument is the NBA has no need to to do that. The product's already good. Well, I could I could see it going down to like a junior high level or something like a high school level. Like, oh, well, in high school, because you know how the three point distance is different as you go down. Yeah. Same thing with football. The hash marks are different. College, the hash marks are different. High school, the hash marks are yep. different. Yep. NFL, they're different. So, at what point do s- those little changes to make the game a little more equitable so people who are not as ch- skillful, at what point does it get down to some of the lower levels? I mean, it it always is, man. Like, think about think about the games, these games, but in like the versions you play growing up, right? You don't play tackle football until you're in, like, middle school. Um, the rims are, like, six feet when you're, like, seven years old at gyms. Um, so the, there is this natural progression of, like, this is your skill level. This is your athletic ability. We're going to adjust the playing field to match that, that, that quantity. And then translating that to the women and saying, well, you're just going to play on the same field as the men doesn't make a whole lot of sense for that particular reason. Yeah, but but then at the same time you're admitting that like hey there's there's a discrepancy between the and two. And I don't think anybody does. Yeah. If you like I think there there's a large amount of people who there might there might be, but like there was a there was a debate a there was a debate a few years ago, I remember. Uh s- some reporter asked Brittany Griner, she's like, "Hey, do you think you could f- it wasn't Draymond, who the f- uh, Boogie. Uh some reporter asked Brittany Griner if she could play one-on-one with Boogie Cousins and and hold up and she was like, oh, <laughs> "Yeah, I think so." But then, like, everybody else they talked to, man and woman, in the NBA and the WNBA, was like, ah, I don't know about that, fam. Uh, and, and naturally, Boogie Cousins is, like, six, seven to 300 pounds. Yeah, one hip check. <laughs> Bro, right, right. what? And he's a three-point shooter. But there, there's certainly a, a portion of people who say, yeah, we have the same athletic ability. Um, and don't factor in the, the, you know, the physical nature of, of men and women. But I think... It's just back to the basis point. I think the the court should reflect the the athletic ability of whoever's playing, whether that be high schoolers, middle schoolers, women, men. Just just make it work. Whatever whatever makes the game work best for that group of people, do that. I see the WNBA having a PR nightmare, posting on their page. Oh, uh, proposed rule change: lowering the rims to nine <laughs> feet and bringing in the three point line and adding a four point shot. 
I just see the PR disaster, and <laughs> that's to come once that gets released. Yeah. I yeah. think it would make it a better product for sure, but I think that a lot of women's leagues will be too stubborn to publicly lower the rims, yeah. metaphorically and literally. Yeah. I think that's probably a good place to wrap on that. Yep, that was episode 18 of Premature Bingo. Thanks for watching, listening, all that good stuff. Joe, thanks for uh, thanks for having me again, boys. Love being here. Yeah. See you guys. Catch you on the next one. Uh, let's gamble. <laughs> <laughs>